is the Parenting for Faith podcast from BRF Ministries. Parenting for Faith exists to help you help the children and teens in your life to meet and to know God. We do this through online events, courses and resources. And you can find out more at parentingforfaith.org. and welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. My name's Lucy Rycroft, your host, and as always, it is a complete and utter delight to welcome you to season eight, where we are talking about connecting with God through all sorts of things, really. But today we're talking about connecting with God through gaming and digital spaces. And honestly, if there's a child out there who is not affected in some way by gaming or the digital world, then I would like to meet them. I think this is going to be a super relevant, super helpful discussion for all of us, whether we've got babies or children or teenagers or even adult children or those of us who are involved in their lives. I think this is going to be really helpful to us. And we are so grateful to Ben Jones from Missional Generation, um, who gave Anna some time to share his expertise and his wisdom in this area. So stay tuned for that. Before we get there, though, you may have noticed that tomorrow is Lent. You may be realising that you need to cook some pancakes later, or you may even be cooking pancakes as you listen to this. Um, but if you are thinking, mm, it might be nice to get my family doing something faith-based this Lent, you know, often it's a time of year that makes us think, ah, oh, maybe we can kind of up the spiritual temperature a little bit in our home, get them into the Bible, do something together as a family then please do check out our free Lent family devotional that we produce. Becky Sedgwick, uh, my colleague here at Parenting for Faith, she wrote this resource a few years ago. Last year, we made it into a handy PDF printable, which is really simple just to go to our website and download. There's one A4 sheet per week of Lent. So it's not a heavy resource, but it is in-depth. And you can do this every day. You can do it once a week. You can do it with small children, older children, teenagers. You can do it with one child, many children. It is really flexible. You can take the bits that suit you and ignore the bits that don't. And it should work, hopefully, for most families, most different contexts it should work for. Um, there's plenty on that sheet to engage all sorts of different shapes and sizes of families. So do check it out. I'll put the link in the show notes. Um, and also you can find it on the Parenting for Faith website. That's parentingforfaith.org. If you search in our search bar for journeying with Jesus, you'll get there and you can download the whole thing at once or you can just access it from our website. Now over to Anna and Ben. I'm joined today by Ben Jones. Ben is the CEO and founder of Missional Generation, a Christian charity based in Leeds that seeks to equip young people to live influential lives for God in all areas of life. He's married to Hannah and they've got two children. Ben, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, it's a joy to be here and uh, we thoroughly support Parenting for Faith and what you guys are doing. These questions that you've got today are brilliant. They're all on point. Fantastic. Now, I told you I was going to do this. Can you explain what missional generation is, what you guys do, how you do it? I decided you'd do a better job than me. Yeah, so missional generation has a vision to support the local church and children, young people and the local youth workers and local children's workers. And we do that through our vision to equip the children and young people to become influential for God in all arenas of life. 
And our work is to help strengthen the church to be at the cutting edge of society once again. And we're convinced that children, young people can have a centre stage in this to become into action. And we do this through employing full time youth and children's workers and deploying them into local churches for six, 12, 18 hours to help revitalise youth and children's work and build a good, sustainable process of youth and children's provision in the local church. And we also create digital innovations using virtual reality, augmented reality, animation. And um, and it's been an absolute joy to look at also recently artificial intelligence and looking at how do we use digital innovation to start faithful conversation, both in the home as parents, but also as practitioners of youth and children's workers and to help strengthen the church to be at the cushion of society once again, whilst having a discussion with children and young people at the centre of this innovation. And so we do a lot of things through We Equip, where we do youth, local youth work and children's work. We gather where we do children's and youth missions with young people and children across city lines in Leeds and Bradford. We resource nationally and locally with great innovative youth and children's provision. And we pray for youth and children's workers in the local context. So that's basically what we do. If you want to know more, you can visit our website, missionalgen.co.uk. But today is all about supporting parents to think about this incredible topic we got today. Fantastic. And uh, yeah, Ben is just like my go-to person on this stuff. You know, the dad who is actually up to date with all the tech and knows what's going on. In fact, not even just up to date, you're kind of ahead of stuff and really sees how this all fits with helping kids connect with God and what that looks like. So um, yeah, really excited for our chat today. So uh Open a question, and I'm aware this will go out of date as soon as I ask it, and it's yeah. a bit subjective, but it's kind of what everyone wants to know. What are the apps that kids and teenagers are engaging with at the moment? Yes, it, again, it's like it's like a DBS form. As soon as you've done it, it's out of date. A piece of research, <laughs> as soon as it's been done, it's gone out of date. And it's about knowing and having dialogue with children and young people. Uh, this is where I'm going to get the information from. So I, I appreciate your kind uh, your kind words, uh, being the dad who knows the stuff, but it's only because I'm sitting around with young people and children and asking them the questions. And that is the thing. If a parent, uh, uh, mum, dad, guardian, grandparent, whoever is listening to this, the, the main piece of topic you need to take away from today is ask the conversations, ask yes. the questions with the children and young people. That's the most important thing. But your your question was, is, um, what is the current app that it's using? Um, so taken from the Children and Parents and Media Media Use and Attitudes Report 2023, um, this level of statistics was taken from asked by 2,087 kids and teenagers aged 8 to 17. And they were asked a similar question. And their answers was that YouTube was the one of the most used platforms among 17 to a, tw- a three-year-olds to 17-year-olds. So this was taken in 13th of October to the 14th of November, 2022. So already this is going to be out of date. Yeah. But I would imagine there's some similar trends here for us to look at. So YouTube is the first one of apps. 
And that is more kind of looking at the influences, the kind of observation of creativity, the things that are on trend, things that people want to know about that's important for their conversations with their friendship groups. So they're looking at YouTube in that lens. WhatsApp is that space of conversation. It's the free text messages that we don't have to pay for that connects us up and be part of conversations. And, you know, you know, 55% of them said that WhatsApp was the most used. 88% sorry, was YouTube's uh, in, in terms of engaging with that. TikTok is following up third in the line, which is interesting because uh, TikTok is moving away from um, the conversation involvement to, again, looking at influencers. So that was 53% of them said that. Snapchat was 46%. Instagram, 21, uh, 41%, sorry. And Facebook is trailing behind at 34%, which is interesting because um, our age, which is mid-40s, we'd probably use Facebook to use it as online free storage for our photos to look back at all our memories every day of the week. That's how Facebook is possibly becoming, which is why they've dipped their finger into the metaverse, which is like this kind of new involvement of interaction, which is trying to revitalize the emerging alpha gens and Gen Zs, uh, which is quite interesting. But I think WhatsApp, TikTok, Instagram, Snapchat, YouTube, you know, these are the top engines of interest. These are the apps that the children, young people are engaging in. Um, and, and they are using it frequently. And and it's uh, I think, again, it's going back to understanding how and why they're using it. Is it because they are learning new trends, engaging with the influencers, seeing the world in a, in a different way, because they're gaining information like the news from those apps and from those integration, instead of watching BBC News or ITV News or the other equivalents out there at 10 o'clock at night. Um, these are the apps, but Facebook is losing its grip on the, in the digital generation. Instagram, Snapchat, WhatsApp are at equal par. Um, and these are the spaces that are, are, are growing the interest. And now that was obviously a snap of information between one month, between the 14th, uh, 13th of October to the 14th of November. And it was only asked by uh, the children and young people around seven, eight, to, eight to 17 year olds. And they were only 2,087 children and teenagers asked. So it's only a window to that, but, um, I think the easiest way to answer this question in your youth clubs or in your homes is go to the battery on your phone and ask your phone, look at the settings on your phone and look at the battery usage on your device and see which app is mostly absorbing your battery and your data. And that is on the point today's data. So that's the way that you can also look at it in your youth groups or children's groups or your homes to answer that question. Brilliant. And I love how you've made that really specific because, yeah, it is helpful to have an idea of what's going on in the playground and what the trends are. Um, I like that you've highlighted there that although we're lots of us are stuck to our phones um, as parents and carers of a little bit older, um, that the things that we use are quite different and the way we interact with our, our devices is quite different. Um, but what you've done is brought it right back to the individual child or young person, just because that's a general trend of last year or whatever, doesn't mean that that's what your particular child or young person focuses on. And, you know, the joy of it being tech is you literally can go and look with them. Hey, interesting. Here's what you've been spending your time on. Um, I find it interesting for myself as well. You know, what am I engaging with and why? Uh, that's kind of the start of a conversation and, and pulling mm. it apart 
Um, so similar, similar question, really, but from a slightly different lens. We're thinking about um, games as well. Um, yeah. So kind of on on the phone, on the switch, something like that. Are there any that you feel like really sort of spark conversations around faith with our kids? Yeah, it's really interesting because I've been looking at some of the uh, research from Translating God research, which has recently been sent out uh, across the network with, I think, from memory, uh, Youthscape and Bible Society and probably Scripture Union. Forgive me if I've got those names wrong, but it was rooted in this understanding of translating God and looking at a variety of different spaces that young people and children are engaging in. And one of the interesting comments was is that there's been a there's been a big rise of the uh, concerns existing around gaming and uh, there's a phrase that they put in there that their real world friends has found the digital playground which is quite interesting when you're looking at it because their real friendships are those that they kick football around or they sit at the bus stop with or they sit in the kind of local uh, streets corners or they kind of hang out in their friendship groups in those different spaces. Back in the day with me, it was a coffee shop on Eccleshall Road. Absolutely loved it. That's where we hung out, never paid for coffee, but we sat there. That was our space of connectivity. Um, and what they've gone in is, is they, they're looking at this research from the point of view of where they've the children and young people are engaging in that space physically has now actually started to continue those relationships into the digital space. But they were already having digital relationships of friendships through online gaming. And so the kind of localized of their friendship groups have now jumped into the digital spaces. And that was probably because of the pandemic that took mm. place because they didn't know how to connect with their friends anymore. So they went on the online space and in the online space, they probably... we never invited a friend to come and play a um, kind of part platform game or interactive game before um, because when they say goodbye to them at the school unless they're actually already talking about gaming they would never have had the invitation so i think it's really interesting that the translating to god research looks at something around the use of now online gaming um and so on the back of that, we were looking at the beginning of the pandemic and then through to now in our regular everyday, because we're looking at our, our charity be, uh, vision is to equip young people to become influential for God in all arenas of life. Now, digital innovation is all arenas of life. It's one of those arenas of life. And to strengthen the church to be at the cushion of society, which means wouldn't it be amazing if every church had a gaming night where young people would engage in online gaming or, or they bring their game consults down and engage in gaming consults. And so what we decided to do is go, right, okay, well, let's look at this now and work out what are some of the games that are out there that teenagers would likely to be using them in a, in a, a conversation of faith. And so we decided to look at the platforms of um, Oculus and Nintendo Switch. Now, these are the games that we are using so Beat Saber, like if you were to say a young person, let's go and play Beat Saber on, on, on virtual reality, they'll be like, oh, that's amazing. That's a great game. I've got the highest score. So what we talk about that is we look at the conversations of, well, what are the sounds around us that we're listening to that's changing the way we act and think and react? Are we pivoting correctly in the right way? Are we compromising in the wrong way? Because when you're playing 
Speed Saber, for those who've never played it before, objects are coming towards you. You've got two lightsabers in your hand and you're cutting pieces up left and right because you're trying to listen to the music and the beat and the movements and you're moving out of objects. And we're talking about living to a different sound, living to a different anthem, which then we can bring scripture into that about what does God do? Well, Micah 6 verse 8 says, Act justly, love mercy, walk humbly with my God. So what does it mean for us to use these wonderful interactive games like Beat Saver to then bring a conversation and observation of faith on the back of it? Because they can say, well, some of the sounds I'm listening to are peer pressure and that doesn't give my soul a good feel. Some of the things I'm listening to are the influences on the Instagram, the TikTok, the YouTube, which are the apps that they might, might use all the time. And they're saying things and they're talking about things and it's making me feel I'm compromising my thinking process on life. And if we don't engage conversations of faith and scripture through, hey, what does this Bible passage mean for you? As opposed to thus says the Bible, because I don't think the dominant attitude of Bible discussion is going to help talk through the depth of the why and the concerns because they lock down on us. Young people and children will turn the door on us if we come across theologically heavy we need to start to look at it from their perspective and understand what they're thinking what they're feeling and journey together narratively walk to somewhere together differently so we use beat saver we use the climb which is again another um vr experience and on that we talk about what are the things we're holding our life onto that are key things that we're using to give us opportunities of confidence resilience character and are they going to hold us up in times of difficulty well god's word holds us up god's intimacy with us holds us up the power of the holy spirit working us holds us up in difficulties so we're looking at the kind of looking at the climb as being an opportunity to a watch somebody climbing and scream when they fall down in the vr which is quite fun to watch but then also um helping them to think through the life concerns about what they're placing their life onto Star Wars, we did a really good one because Star Wars was big on trend. Um, we looked at the differences between Jesus and Jedi. And you can train to be a Jedi with this virtual reality Star Wars game. And it's brilliantly to, it's exciting to watch. You can use the force and you can throw everything around and with your lightsaber, which is great. And we talked about the difference between Jesus and Jedi. And the Jedi was called to bring um, order to the galaxy um, and come against the oppression of the darkness. But the uh, Jedi would never be able to give eternal life, never be able to forgive, never be able to bring the spiritual fullness. But yet it's still the Jedi took part in bringing restoration, but didn't bring reconciliation and rebuild in a, a forgiveness and salvation's perspective. So we talked about Jesus and Jedi. This is a fun one. We talked about the plank challenge. Now, the plank challenge, unfortunately, is not funny when you're doing it in the real world, which is very dangerous because it can cause very silly situations but the plank game in the vr world is fairly fun to play and we talk about the faith the walking of faith and how do we feel when somebody uh, tells us to walk in a different direction is it walking towards the faithful living that we're living and so we we basically do the gaming experiences and ask where do we bring the bible into this how do we bring conversation of faith and observation of thought that the young person's having so those are some of the VR stuff. Some of the Switch stuff, we did the Mario Karts where we can talk about 
Um, are we competing in life? Are we exhausted? Are we trying to get ahead of the game? Are we trying to kind of get ahead of the fight in our friendship groups or become the best at everything? And actually, it's not wrong to be good at something. It's brilliant. If you're good at something, excel in it. But if you're good in something because you're exhausted and you're making other people's lives upset because you're trying to be the best and achieve the best and you're trying to fight against um, uh, sort of moral feels, then it actually causes you to compromise your character. And so what we're talking about there is <clears throat> the race of life, <clears throat> the race of life journeying around the various um, journeys that we go on. And actually, if we talk about having a co-pilot, the co-pilot is our discipleship group it's our local church it's jesus it's the holy spirit it's god it's his word and if we're just journeying life and throwing things at other people and actually trying to get ahead of the game and we forget the co-pilot in our life then we're actually living in a different way and uh, and so there's loads of different things and you know one of the games at the moment we're looking at is um lego fortnite that's just launched it just dropped in the last couple of weeks um obviously when this podcast was done and 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 we're looking at the whole kind of like okay what is that now saying to the children because previously what it was saying to the teenagers is when I die, I poof back into the game. And therefore, when I die, my thought of playing this game, Fortnite, is um, spiritually formalizing why and what happens when I die and coming back into the world and back into the game. Well, actually, that's not what happens when we die. And where, where do we end up going when we die? What is the conversation around heaven and intimate with God and the distance from God and the separation of God? And so we're looking at that through the conversations that we have with young people. One of the times we did a session on uh, Fortnite Stole My Kid. And we talked about the idea of the Fortnite influence on the community that we engage with and the games that we play and the kind of length of time we play and the attitude of killing to achieve greatness is not a lifestyle to live by so those are some some helpful games if, if anyone was interested in any of those games they can reach out to us on instagram um, which is at mission or gen and we've got a pdf document here that's got over nearly 30 different games that has what the game is the platform how it can be used and the bible verse and we'd be more than happy to make that available just to cheer them on and if they click on the canva link they can download a pdf that helps them to start these conversations through a piece of resource that we've done and i'd be very happy to make that available Thank you so much ben that sounds amazing i love it because you know look at the way that jesus taught he used what was part of people's everyday lives, what they understood, what they were engaging with, and use that to disciple them and challenge them and have great conversations. And you're doing exactly the same thing um, with the games and the things that our kids and young people are interested in. Mm. I think probably just a lot of parents are a bit like, ah, but I don't really know what this game is about and how it works. So that little leg up from you guys would be a huge help. Thank you so much. That's That's great. Um, I wanted to ask you while you're, this is a slight tangent, but while you're here, I wanted to ask you about AI because we're hearing lots about it. Um, mm. what what does that look like in light of young people's access to information? Is it something we should be really worried about? Yeah. Um, and is it something you know? Can we raise our kids to be discerning communities? Co discerning consumers in the digital world how yeah. do we help them to understand what's AI, what isn't, how they engage with it, that kind of thing? Yeah, it's, it's a really interesting topic to have and it's very on point right now in terms of the church talking about it. 
but it was in the world of teenagers seeing it and children engaging with it in the last 18 months it dropped and it was becoming very much around who we are so three key words to help here is conversation observation and application and um, when we have a conversation about something like this we're gaining a perspective on it we're understanding the wide variety of interest around it and when we then look at this through the conversation we are then led to the observation how do we observe this being done where is it happening how do we understand the dangers what is the positivities in this what is the non-positivities what are the trends what are the tools so this observation space kind of then starts to help us to regulate safeguard and risk assess what it is that is there and then we look at the application which is like how do we use this should we use this could we use this where is it appropriate where is it not appropriate and i think helping the children and young people to understand this is really useful because it's a slightly different narrative that we're hearing from schools when AI started to hit the school's concerns, they were saying, you cannot use it. You can't use it for sub sub um, putting your, uh, uh, your homework in. Universities started to say you're not allowed to use it. But then in the business world and in the marketing world, it's being used. It's a very confusing space. Mm. Now, the idea of artificial intelligence is this uh, this incredible creative space that allows the uh, kind of information to be channeled through through creative questions or creative text to image or text to videos. And recently, I've been watching some really influential influential people on Instagram talking about the use of AI through creativity. But also, we've just recently, in the last couple of months, seen an article from The Guardian, I don't know if you've seen this or not, of where um, they have recently had uh, schools report about the concerns linked to inappropriate images that have been generated by children and taking a child, their friend's face and putting it in an inappropriate sexual context which is hugely concerning that somebody can have the power to create such negativity well it's already there it's the words of our mouths it's the attitudes on our emails it's the text messages that we send but now it's translated it into the power of creating an image and so i think artificial intelligence is always going to now be remain I have to always make sure that children, young people and youth leaders and children's workers are having the conversations with those young people because artificial intelligence's topic of conversation is just as important as global concerns, poverty, injustice, sexuality, um, the, the, the concerns around racial, uh, racial injustice and, uh, and, and all of these topics are fantastically important to have with children and people. And that's why we need to have artificial intelligence as part of the conversation. We need to talk about the risks, the dangers, the opportunities and the creativity that comes. Because for me, who's a dyslexic uh, person, if I had an artificial intelligence assistance in my school, helping me through my education, helping me through my process of learning, I would have probably achieved way more um, A's and B's than I did C's and D's. <clears throat> and so AI is a great resource for those to help with um, additional support, 
creativity. I'm seeing some amazing people on Instagram using AI to create incredible pieces of um, um, artwork using Play-Doh and, and, and modeling a Play-Doh through an AI camera that then generates it in a graphical, beautiful design of a trainer. So this guy this morning was using Play-Doh to mold a brand new trainer that he wants to then make using his Play-Doh model. And then the generating AI system makes that that trainer in its way. And then it can then create a 3D image of that trainer that then can go off to be made. Brilliant. And this is where he's trying to kind of say the real world creativity can connect with the AI creativity to create something incredibly beautiful quicker. But there is a lot of concern around artificial intelligence. AI is currently in Snapchat right now. It is discipling our children <clears throat> as they can ask questions about the world and they can talk about it with this AI bot in Snapchat, which then tells them their opinions and their thoughts. Some scientists and, and healthcare are thinking about using artificial intelligence to help young people who feel lonely to not feel lonely to be able to ask questions and have an ai friend that can help them and care for them through their mental health and well-being which is hopefully helpful but i think a real life conversation is far more better because um, there's the breath of God at work in young people hearing from a Christian about how to deal with their emotions and their difficulties. And I think artificial intelligence can help put language to something, but it can't ever direct them and, di and, and, and help them discern spiritually what they're going through. Um, so I think there is concerns. There's a tool for an opportunity. And there's also this space where we need to have conversation because, as I said, those three words one more time are conversation, observation and application. And and really, it's about starting having the conversation and holding back your fears and uncertainties about AI until you've understood the why behind the observation of the child or the young person wanting to use it. And then understand the what through the application of what could we put in place to safeguard, regulate and risk assess this opportunity. Um, and as an organization, <clears throat> Mitchell Generation, we are building an engine called ACE to help youth workers and children's workers become more confident in planning youth and children's provision because we're using it to streamline the administrative cost that is on a youth worker and a children's worker, which means we're using AI to be better strengthening, giving more time to the youth and children's worker to sit with the children and young people. And so if we can see AI using a support in that framework, that's much helpfuler than the inappropriate in AI issues that we're seeing across the news as right now. Thank you so much. I think you framed that really helpfully of, you know, there's two parallel things going on there. It's a really mm -hmm. exciting area. In one sense, the possibilities for creativity and, you know, this whole season we're talking about helping kids interact with God and live out their purpose and do things for him. And I can see AI being a huge part of that. Yeah. Um, but like any of these things, uh, you know, it's really important to be informed and to have appropriate boundaries around things and all those kind of yeah. things. But what you've mentioned there again is going back to your child. We can talk about these things really generally and in the abstract and some principles and guidelines, but yeah. have a conversation with your child, work out what they're using, what they're interested in, get some information get equipped really helpful mm. ben i think we've got time for one more question if that's all right which is yeah. just that um 
We talk a lot in Parenting for Faith about surfing the waves, which is really just saying kids are interested in things for a little while. Sometimes it's a really long wave and they're really into something for ages and sometimes it's really short. And um, I think particularly with kind of computer games and digital spaces, apps, mm. those kind of things, it can be all consuming for a while that they absolutely love this thing and then it's on to something else. I'm just wondering if there's a way or that we as parents and carers can kind of use that interest in a specific app or game or whatever it is mm. to nurture their faith. I know you've given some like super specific examples, which have been amazing yeah. about if they're into this game, here's yeah. a biblical link. But just generally, you know, if you spot your kid is into a particular game, uh, it mm. might be one they can go and find out about and, and make a bit of a Bible link. But how do you sort of help them to connect with God within that and yeah mm. have some of those conversations yeah so um there's two things that might help here and again this has got to be translated into the local context it's not a one-stop option so we've got two models that we think through which is the ddm approach digital discipleship to mission and the mot which is motivation opportunity and time scale so let me briefly explain that the DDM, digital, that's where they occupy, that's their interest, that's their space, that's their engagement, that's the things that gets them excited because they've learned about it in the playground, they've learned about it on the online places, they've learned about it in their social friendship groups. They're engaging in that digital space. And what we don't want to do is make that young person or child feel like they're wrong to spend a lot of time in that space. Because mm -hmm. for me, back in the day, it was the mini disc players. It was the uh, the palm things that you would tap, tap, tap and do nothing but just make a diary of whatever you're doing. Those were things that were inspiring me to be incredibly creative and, and have a curiosity of life. And digital is where we're seeing young people and children engaging with. So understand that this is never going to go away for the children and young person. They're not going to stop and pick up a book for the rest of their lives. They're going to hold it in balance with other things. So be okay with the fact they're in the digital spaces but listen lean in listen to their interests find about the why find about the excitements around that because once you understand what digital stuff they're engaging in you can then start to think about <clears throat> the discipleship which is the second d which is understanding the why is it healthy for us are you enjoying this does it make you feel good are you okay? Do you feel safe in this space? Do you want to talk about anything you've learned in this space? Do you want to engage further with me in this space? Can I sit with you in this space? And what does this conversation you're engaging with help you think about life and faith and moral decisions? This is all the discipleship space. This is the space in which we're trying to get them to understand discipling their lives, but also us having a power of opportunity for discipleship. Then the final one is mission, is looking at how do we, okay, understand you've enjoyed this discipleship conversation we've had with you, understand you've enjoyed the using this digital space. What about your friends now? How much are they going to get supported by you having to be able to, having gone through the conversations with us, could you lend some of that dialogue into your friendship group so it becomes peer-to-peer -peer mentality, peer-to-peer -peer support? Because the mission isn't just about let's get them to say the word Jesus is Lord and Saviour, which is absolutely true and important. But the journey through that might be that a young person might go, I love this online game. It's amazing. I want to bring it into my youth club. I've talked about it with my parents. I've talked about it with my youth leader. This is amazing. 
okay, well, the next obvious thing would be is, do you want to do a hijack next week and run this in your youth club and make space for the mission opportunity to then process the MOT strategy, which is motivation. Their motivation is the gaming space, the online productivity, the creativity with using artificial intelligence to create wonderful trainers maybe in the future or engaging with the plank through virtual reality game. Their motive is to say, I really enjoyed this experience. Can I now make available you to experience it with me? That's their motive behind engaging in the digital spaces if you have gone through the learning about the missional space. The opportunity then is going, okay, well, how do we put this into our local context? Is this that we, maybe a parent says, why don't you invite some of your friends around and we'll do a bit of a gaming pizza night and then maybe you can just talk about the game with them and share the bit of thoughts about that. I mean, that's a big step for a teenager to invite their friends around for pizza gaming and then they're going to sit there at the front talking about a thought in life. Some young people might be wanting to do that because it might be linked to a real important cause that might in time link to a physical faith decision. So motivation is about motivating them into a space, give them a playing field, go and play in that space and learn how it is encouraging them to take conversations of faith. And look at the time scale. T is time scale. Is is this a regular thing? Is this a one-off? Is this just a trend? And we're okay with the fact. Because as a parent of two, age eight and 11, if my worries about the cost of everything that came to me as like there's this new game there's this new console there's this and if we think about the worry of the time scale on it we'll then think yes or no but if we start thinking about the opportunities and motivation behind it we might start to think well actually chris or lizzie if you want to you're going to save up for that because it's going to cost us to work it out together or the time scale would be is actually instead of us buying that why don't we just go down to a local gaming cafe that is still loads still a few of those in the town centers to go and explore that together or what about we fundraise it so that this item becomes part of the youth club that becomes an opportunity i think knowing about this journey and learning about the young person's interest and child's interest is more important than for us to put our own opinion on it straight away if we put our opinion on it straight away we're putting a blockage and i think um if i could turn back the time and say to my parents how could you help me differently in my teenage life it would be that um take me out for a hot chocolate take me out for a um a conversation or walk the dog or whatever and ask me more about why i'm interested in this digital trend or digital game or digital interaction because I want to tell you the thing that's exciting me behind it, not necessarily uh, this is a concern that it might be uh, um, a thing that's concerning you. Um, so I think conversation, and again, I'm gonna go back to those three words because those are the three words that have been really helpful for us today in our conversation. It's conversation, observation, and application. And if we can have a conversation with somebody, understand the interests, the thing that gets them excited, the thing that makes them feel that I don't know how to be part of my friendship groups, because they're all engaged in this and I don't have the opportunity. So have a conversation about that. The observation is the learning process about what we could do in this space. And the application is how do we risk assess, regulate and safeguard this so that you could use this. Um, and, uh, and that would be a helpful way forward. Ben, that has been so helpful. I'm going to listen back with a notepad. <laughs> I feel like I'm. there are so many things there that are useful and really good to think about, both in a family context and um, kind of thinking about our churches and our communities and stuff as well. So that's so good. Thank you. And we will post links to everything that you've mentioned there in the show notes. So do look those up. But thank you so much for your time. And uh, yeah, we really appreciate you. 
as a blessing and keep going parenting for faith thank you for all that you're doing we very much love what you do Thank you, Anna and Ben, for that fantastic conversation. I hope that's been helpful to you as you've listened. And a question for you to ask your child this week, this weekend, to spark, hopefully, an interesting conversation. The question is this. If Jesus were a child on earth today, which app or game do you think he would like the most and why? So get thinking about that question, have some great conversations, and I will see you next week.